Hello everybody out there and welcome to another episode of the Talk That Talk Show with me, Barry Holmes. We're here for our 178th episode of the Talk That Talk Show and normally we would have this on our Fridays. Normally we could have it on our Sundays for football, but it was an emergency, emergency episode here of the Talk That Talk show, especially after being a game one yesterday. Um, I just want to give a big shout out to everyone that continues to tune in on our Facebook live stream or on our Instagram live stream. Big shout out to Flip Michaels, my boy Bubba, and Ishabai Crane on our Instagram live streams. But, you know, yesterday I definitely had the the very you know good fortune good luck whatever you want to call it of being able to go to a wild card you know playoff game game one Mets versus Padres we're gonna get into all of that you know as I get into the episode but first and foremost I want to talk about how I actually got these tickets and you know I had to be real with myself after that three game series against the Braves because you know, we had talked about it on the episode before about, you know, the Mets controlling their own destiny to a certain extent if they wound up getting some wins against the Braves. But sadly enough, we got swept. And that really just, you know, changed the dynamic of what our playoff picture looked like. And, you know, I think that for a lot of Mets fans, it was especially hard to see that we were a wild card team with over 100 wins. And, you know, we've already given the Braves their, their credit. You know, they've been playing extremely well. But, you know, long story short, I saw a quote that Mark Canha said that I really enjoyed. And he pretty much said that, you know, we didn't go out, you know, at the beginning of the season to go win the NL East. You know, that wasn't their, that wasn't their thought. You know, this team is thinking World Series or nothing. And, you know, I think that, one of the big things that, you know, even this this rally towel when we went to the game, which, like I said, I'll get into a little bit later, but the whole mantra was these Mets, all right? These Mets. These Mets right here were a 100-win team, and what they've continuously done throughout this season is come back even when they've had their backs against the wall, Right? And I think for a fan base that's as loyal as, you know, it should be as the Mets fan base, you know, I think that a lot of people still believe that, you know, once after those three games were done against Atlanta, that the Mets had a very, very good chance, no matter who we played against in the wild card game, because, you know, our first thoughts are, you know, game one, you're either going to get Max Scherzer or you're going to get Jacob DeGrom. And, you know, game two, you either get Max Scherzer or Jacob DeGrom. So more often times than not, but the Mets fan base that we've had and the success of the 100 wins that we've had during this regular season, one would think that would be well set up and well put on our way to, you know, take a wild card win, right? So after, like I said, going back, after they lost that third game against the Braves for the sweep, you know, I was definitely upset, but I still believed, you know, I still was like, you know what? I believe in this team. You know, I think that even as a wild card team, you know, we're going to be dangerous. Nobody's going to want to play us like that, especially when we have our starters like that. So what I did was I went on game time 
and I went on the app. For those of you that don't know, the Game Time app is an application that you can use to get cheap tickets, and it's a really good app to you know get yourself uh, some cheap tickets for really big time games. I've used it for the Knicks. You know, I've also used it for the Mets more times this season. But, you know, I think that the biggest thing with game time is that you have to make sure that you're constantly looking because the prices do fluctuate based off of what the ticket price actually is at value from what Mets are selling it or also people that have bought tickets that are trying to sell them, you know, just to get them off. So, you know, luckily, like I said, I looked after that Brave series and I saw that they were floating around the ninety to eighty uh, to, I guess it was like ninety to hundred dollar range. So I was like, I think that's manageable. I can sell a couple hats or do some things to try and get these tickets. And you know, long story short, you know the price wound up dropping a little bit, and I scooped them up for eighty two dollars a ticket to take me and Doc to the first game of the wild card. And soon after. What I saw, and I kept paying attention, but, you know, as the days started getting closer and closer to Friday, that first uh, wild card game, I saw the prices were hiked up. I mean, even got to as high as 150 something dollars a ticket. So, you know, my main thing or my main message to those people, especially when you're talking about, you know, supporting your team or trying to go to a playoff game, number one, definitely hit up the game time app. Because that shit has helped me out so many times as far as trying to get cheap tickets for a good game. And then two, don't wait on it too long, all right? If you see, you know, what you got to go into it thinking, like, what is my most that I want to spend on these tickets, you know? What is the most at the very most that I can? Because if you allow yourself to wait and you don't jump at those tickets, it's just going to be, you know, worse off for you when you already know that you want to go to the game. It's funny, Doc kept, like, making fun of me on uh, Monday or Tuesday because I was like, you know, I really want to go to this game. I, I'm going to this game. I'm going to make sure I go to this game. And, you know, everything worked out. But, you know, like I said, pull the trigger, right? You know, if you have that opportunity or if you have the chance to go see your team in the playoffs and you can get it for a little bit cheaper, why not, right? So then, you know, we get to the game here. You know, I was so excited. You know, the whole day during work, I'm like, Yo, I, you know, I'm going to the game tonight. You know, the day seemed like it was flying by. Nothing nothing could bother me, right? And, you know, I was just super excited to go with Doc. You know, I wound up getting some uh, real good beers to, to have before the game. Big shout out to my mom. Uh, she got the, these beers from uh, Montclair Brewery, which is a black-owned and black-brewed brewery. And the beer that they had was really good. I had tried an IPA. Then I had, like, some passion fruit ale. And, you know, I I thought, you know, first and foremost that uh, Cypress Hill in Edison was one of the best breweries in Edison, no, no doubt. Not just because, you know, I live right by there, but because they have so many good flavors of beer and everything is just high quality. And then I tried this beer from Montclair uh, Brewery and, you know, like I said, I was blown away by the passion fruit ale. And especially in going into a baseball game where you know you don't want to spend $16, $18 for a fucking beer, you know, I think that the biggest thing is, you know, definitely trying to get some good beers to have as your tailgating or chilling before you go in. 
And, you know, like I said, big shout out to my mom for getting those for me. And um, I really enjoyed them. So if you get a chance, check out Montclair Brewery. Um, they had some dope beers. And, you know, I still have a couple that I want to try before the game tonight. But, um, you know, like I said, at the, the stage was set. I asked Jeff, big shout out to Jeff, because I was like, yo, man, uh, what's going on? Like, are we going to have any, like, updated news? Like, can you tell me about anything that's going on? And I know all, every Friday we've been wearing the black jerseys. And I didn't know 100% if that was going to be the case. But I hit up Jeff, and all he does is he sends me a tweet from uh, the Mets, and it has Max Scherzer in his black jersey with the black hat ready to go for game one. And, you know, like I said, almost gives you, you know, chills up your spine when, um, you know, you're going into such a big game like that. You know, it had been so many years since we had been to the playoffs. I think it's just, what, 2016. And, you know, even for myself, you know, during that, I guess, World Series run, I believe back in 2014, um, 2015, against when we were going uh, to the World Series against um, the Royals, that was the last time. I was actually been to a Mets postseason game. Um, it was like an NLDS game with my pops and my uncle Mickey. I remember I wound up scooping up the tickets. It was like three tickets for like a three hundred dollars. So I got them for like a hundred dollars each. And that NLDS game was something I'll never forget because you know the atmosphere that was in that game, especially because I think it was like late October and it was like freezing out there, and you you know it, it was just. It was just a great atmosphere to be around. And that game was part of the reason why I knew for game one wild card, I had to be there, you know. And, um, you know, like I said, I lucked out getting some cheaper tickets for it. And, you know, that atmosphere, when we even when we pulled up into City Field and Doc wasn't too happy that they uh, hiked up the parking price to $50, which is robbery. The Mets got to do better. I know you got to make your money, but we're all going to the playoff game. We're all going to spend money on drinks. You don't got to hike up the price to $50 for parking. I mean, I don't I, I don't know. That, that sucked. Then I try to do the math, and I think it kind of shakes out because even if you take the train, you take the subway, it's going to be just as much. So, you know, for the convenience of driving to the game, you know, $50 for fucking parking is ridiculous, you know. But, um, you know, long story short, we get into the, you know, the uh, city field. And like I said, the atmosphere was just crazy. You know, everybody had their blue and orange or black on. I've seen a lot of people with their black jerseys. You know, I saw some really good old school ones. Like, I know I've seen a Edgardo Alfonso black jersey of OG. I was like, yo, that one's tough, you know. But... You know, just in unison of having everybody in there to try and cheer this Mets team on, you know, for anyone that has not been to a playoff game, you know, it's incredible, especially in New York. I've went to New York Yankee uh, playoff games and sat in the bleacher creatures where I saw uh, a Yankee fan throw up in a chicken bucket and then put it on his head. You know, that's the type of atmosphere that playoff baseball brings man um i had never seen anything like that until i went to a yankee playoff game um but that like i said that intensity is crazy man and to see that also in new york you know on the queen side of things you know it was definitely intense i mean 
every pitch, even, you know, from I think like the first, you know, inning, it seemed like everybody was standing up. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, nobody was sitting down. Everybody was standing up trying to watch this game. And, you know, there was a, a huge tension. You know what I'm saying? It was definitely a big tension uh, because I, a lot of us didn't expect to be in a wild card situation. But here we are. And, you know, I was just so happy to support there and be there for my team because, for one, I've seen so many pessimistic Mets fans over the past couple weeks, you know, leading to where we knew we, you know, had a chance to lose the division, to then losing the division, to now being in a wild card game. And I was just really disappointed in the lack of belief when our whole fucking phrase is you got to believe, right? And, you know, I think that that tension of people that, in a way, 100% didn't believe that the Mets were going to win, you know, I think that that created a, a big tension in uh, in City Field. I mean, we were all excited, but I can't tell you um, what it felt like to have that tension. And it was funny because uh, Theo says Emma Stone fake for pulling up with Padres gear, you know, drinking wine, looking stupid as hell. I mean, I I I, I don't watch Emma Stone movies anyway, so I, I, she could wear a Padres jacket. Fuck her, I don't care. But, um, you know, the Mets, you know, I think the biggest thing for like with that tension that was created is just the do or die nature of wild card baseball. And all of us, like I said, I alluded to in the beginning, all of us were saying, yo, Max Scherzer on the mound. I want that. I literally I talked on this episode last week about if we were in a wild card scenario, who did I want going out first? Do I want Max Scherzer or did I want Jacob deGrom? And I sat here and to the people, I said I wanted Max Scherzer. And I was just extremely disappointed at what I saw from Max Scherzer last night. I saw a guy that had no pop on his fastball. I saw a guy that couldn't hit higher than 93 miles per hour. I saw a guy who prides himself on his location, and I saw him not locating his best pitches. You know, I think that, um, you know, I, Max Scherzer, like Ish said, it looked like batting practice. You know, when I saw that first home run hit by Josh Bell, I thought, okay, you know, maybe we can get, you know, still back in this because... You know, with the way the Mets are, we've been battling all season. We could do this. Max Scherzer gets out of the inning. Then the next time, I think he gives up the home run to the uh, center fielder, Trent Grisham. And it's a solo shot. And I'm like, damn, yo. You know, we can't give up these home runs. Because especially in these winner-take-all games, you know, you pride yourself on being that guy. Max Scherzer has told us all season he can't wait for these moments, right? And, you know, to fast forward, we all know what happened. The man gave up seven runs in five innings of pitching. And two of those were scoreless. But the other five, I mean, the other three, you know, Max Scherzer just did not look dominant. Not that he didn't look great, not that he looked awful, but he didn't look dominant. 
And that is what you pay a guy $40 million or whatever the case may be a year for this guy. Max Scherzer was hurt, right? Two times, two, three times during the season where he had to take himself and he, and he got hurt. And, you know, it sucks because now, especially when you're a pitcher of that caliber and you're going up, you know, in age, your recovery time isn't the same. Not only that, but you are not only battling recovering, but also your own ego. Max Scherzer knows the type of World Series winning caliber pitcher that he is. And I, I, I you know, I'm going to I'm going to relate this back in a second. But I'm going to tell you a story that happened not even a week ago. We were bowling and, you know, I see my boy Eric Turner. Big shout out to him. <clears throat> but, you know, he was struggling and I saw what he was doing and he was like, you know, in a way just, you know, dropping the, the bowling ball. And everybody knows you got to roll it and give it some fingers, right? So, you know, I kind of seen this happening, but I was like, you know, he'll figure it out, you know, because, you know, sometimes when you give people feedback or you let them know what's going on, some people don't know how to receive that feedback. So, you know, I kind of tried to let him work through it, but, you know, he just never found it out. And then finally in the third game, I was like, bro, you're dropping the ball. You got to roll it. And right after that, I think he had made three or four strikes in a row. And literally, you know, um, our team wound up losing. I think we got smacked like 17-7 or something like that. We got destroyed. But it was the fact that we still won that last game and fought and clawed back that we didn't get swept. And the first thing that Eric said to me was, yo, why didn't you say something to me earlier? You were 100% right. Why didn't you say something to me earlier? And I was like, fuck, you're right, man. Like, I, I, I didn't do, I let my team down because I didn't tell my boy, my teammate, Eric, yo, you're dropping the ball. You're not rolling it. So I'm going to relay this back to Max Scherzer. If Max Scherzer is not 100% healthy, or if there's some lingering issue that's going on to where you can't get the fastball up there, or you can't locate your best pitches to where you're not serving a fucking batting practice, then you have to tell Buck Showalter. You got to tell a pitching coach. You got to let these people know that you're not okay to pitch in game one, or you're not okay to pitch, period. Because what we saw is Max Scherzer tried to thug it out. And what did it get us? We were down seven in uh, seven runs in the fifth inning. And, you know, the, the Mets, I still believe. I got you. I still believe. But it was incredibly hard to come back from seven runs. Eduardo Escobar hit a home run off you, Darvish, which should have been vastly celebrated. But it meant nothing because we were down seven runs already. Max Scherzer's job isn't to strike out every guy. Max Scherzer's job is to get outs and give us a chance to win. Max Scherzer was supposed to give us the best chance to win game one, and he didn't do his job. He didn't do his job. So when somebody behind me asked me, why are you booing Max Scherzer as he came off the field giving up seven runs? He did everything he could to get us to this point this season. And I thought that was a fair point. But when they asked me, why did I boo Max Scherzer? And I'll tell you this quite simply. This guy is getting paid $40 million not to win 15 regular season games. Yes, it helped us get to the postseason. 
But this guy was brought over to the New York Mets to get big-time wins. When you throw this guy out there in Yankee Stadium in a in a, a Subway Series, you expected Max Scherzer to go get a dub. But he didn't. He got smacked. When you expected him to go out in Game 1 and get you a win in the wild card game, he got smacked. So all I'm saying is you can win all the regular season games that you want. I love it. I, I, I Trust me. I appreciate Max Scherzer for, you know, being Mad Max in October. I mean, in, you know, July. I appreciate him for being Mad Max in April. But I need Mad Max in October. I need Mad Max in November if we were to get there. And all I'm saying to you is this. For a guy of that caliber who we expected, who has the expectations, was brought over here to go to the postseason, and you give up seven runs. I'm, I, I was just I'm disappointed. You know, I, I'm disappointed. And the, the shining grace, the one thing that you got to be happy about with this Mets team after Max completely laid an egg and gave us no chance to win the game, I got to give a big clap to the Mets bullpen. All year, all the last couple weeks of the season, I've been blasting the Mets bullpen, saying how Adovino's trash, how Trevor May can't get nobody out, you know, how Seth Lugo doesn't know who he is anymore, who Mikel Givens is giving up batting practice. That team went out there, and they didn't give up a single run after being down seven runs. And, you know, I know it could have got way out of hand. I definitely do. But I think you have to, in a game like that, you got to take away the little pieces or the great things that, you know, can hopefully lead and bleed into the next game too and maybe getting a win. And what I saw was – I saw that bullpen rally together and say, yo, let's stop the bleeding. Let's have some pride. Let's stop the bleeding. And that's what this, you know, Mets bullpen did. And I'm extremely proud of them because, you know, being up there, you know, it was chilly and I was upset and I didn't like how they played. But, you know, the Mets played hard. Um, if you look at it, Sterling Marte is obviously on a bad hamstring the guy steals two bases he gets two hits you know gives the Mets an opportunity to get up there and get some runs you get a Brandon Nimmo who's hitting a triple you got Eduardo Escobar hitting the game's only score for us otherwise we get shut out at home in a wild card playoff game you know big shout out to Eduardo Escobar but you know the people or the the the, the main focus or the person who I'm you know, definitely going to be hard on right now is Pete Alonzo. Early in this game, when, you know, Max Scherzer had just gotten given up two runs, you know, I think that, you know, when he was on, when they had those runners in scoring position with one out, you got to put contact on the ball. And Pete Alonzo struck out looking. Pete Alonzo, late in the game, strikes out or whatever, and, and loses his bat. This is supposed to be our best hitter in the lineup, the guy who hit 40 home runs, the Polar Express, Polar Pete. And Polar Pete in a do-or-die 
winner take all game later dud. I was extremely disappointed with how we left runners on base. Not just Pete Alonzo, but you know, also those other hitters out there. You know, I know Vogelback came very close to hitting a three-run home run when it went to that right field fence. But did it go over? To quote Peter, did you kill him? Is he dead? Right? He did not hit that home run. But that's what happens. Baseball is a game of inches. And if we really broke everything down on this was close or that was so close, everybody would be in the postseason right now. But the bottom line is the key players of the Mets batting order have to Hit with runners in scoring position. You have to. That's how you get RBIs. That's how you generate runs. This Mets team was built on small ball and doing good, right, with trying to manufacture and get runs. You've seen Buck Showalter being aggressive with base runners and sending guys to steal, even when they look like they have a bad hamstring. That's how, that's how you generate these runs. And part of that also is putting contact on the ball. Good contact. I can't tell you how many times the Mets popped out yesterday or swung at the first pitch and, you know, let you Darvish get ahead of, you know, counts and just not solid contact. And you have to go up there with a purpose. And what I saw from the Mets is I saw desperation. I didn't see confidence. There's a difference between desperation and confidence, right? You know, when you're desperate to win, you'll do anything. But at the same time, you might sacrifice the quality of play to get the dub, right? But, you know, if you have confidence in yourself, right, you may not come out on top, but you're always going to have some sort of quality performance because you believe in yourself to give 110% output. That's the difference between desperation and confidence. And what I saw in game one from the Mets was desperation. I need to see tonight from the Mets, I need to see confidence, right? I need to see the Mets go out there and get a win. I need to see their best players perform. I need to see Pete Alonzo go up there and look and feel like he's going to hit a home run, right? I need to see, you know, Francisco Lindor going out there, working the counts, not swinging at bullshit, all right? I need to see our players perform. Jacob DeGrom, I need to see you go out there and be Cy Young DeGrom. I don't need to see you looking lost out there, looking at your hands, looking at your glove. I want to see a killer out there because I believe. I still believe, and that's why I stayed till the end of the game yesterday when it was 7-1, when it looked like the Mets had no chance because still in my heart, I wear this shirt with pride because I believe that the Mets will come out on top tonight. I promise you that, and the thing is, when you have that belief, our whole mantra is you got to believe, right? You got to believe. And I was so disappointed, and this is what I talked about at the beginning, about the tension, because you had people in there that I truly believe did not believe that we were going to win. And my message 
to anyone out there, if you're listening, if you're a Mets fan right now, please look at me in the camera right now. If you don't believe that we're going to win game two, don't turn the game on. Don't turn it on. If you don't believe that we're going to go out there and Jacob DeGrom is going to win tonight, don't turn on the television. Don't look on ESPN for the updates. Don't. Because I'm telling you right now, I'm super embarrassed as a Mets fan to see in a wild card playoff game people leaving the stadium in the fifth inning. That's embarrassing. A fan base that's been starving so hard for this Mets team to go to the playoffs, to have success, to do what they're supposed to do. That's why I spent the money on that playoff ticket to go see them last night and stay the whole time. That's why even when it came down to it in the parking lot and it's taken 35 minutes for us to leave the stadium because everybody's trying to go in one spot and I don't want to be in that, right? I'd love to be at home on my couch, in the bed, playing Call of Duty, doing other things. Who knows? But I was in that parking lot, in the zoo, trying to get out of there, waiting until the last pitch, the last final out. Because I believe in the New York Mets. So I'm telling you right now, if you're a Mets fan... And you don't believe that we're going to go out there and win game two tonight. Don't turn on the fucking TV. Don't watch the game. Because like it says, take that goofy energy somewhere else. We're going out there and you got to believe. And that's why I was so disappointed at all those people, over a third of the stadium leaving at the fifth inning when we're down 7-1 for a team that did win 100-something games. I was disappointed to see people leave that stadium early. This is the playoffs. This is the wild card. This is win or go home. And tonight, this is, this is about these Mets. This is literally about these Mets. All year long, they've had their backs to the wall. All year long, they've come back from big deficits. All year long, you got to believe in them. You got to believe that they still got some juice in them. You got to believe that Jacob deGrom can find a special place in his body to go back to that Cy Young performance. You got to believe, guys. And if anything that I can tell you from this episode today and everything where I've blasted game one with Max Scherzer and the inability of uh, big key-time hitters like Pete Alonso to go get a hit, you know, for us leaving and stranding all these guys in scoring position, in you know the inefficiency of our starting pitching, amidst all of that, I still believe. Do you? That's it. That's what it comes down to. You know, I think that, like Ish says, we need the Jacob Degrom from the Talk That Talk Show outing, a guy who looked dominant, confident. And I think that, like we said, talking about confidence, I think there's no better situation than to have a Jacob deGrom on the mound in New York City with our backs against the wall. You've already gotten slighted in game one because they said Max Scherzer was better than you. He could get a dub for us, and he didn't perform. This is your chance, Jacob deGrom. Do you want that big-time extension? Do you want to stay in New York forever? Do you want to be immortalized as one of the best 
You got to do it in the postseason. Point blank, period. You can have all the Cy Youngs he wants. You can have all the success. But you got you to gotta win this game for legacy here. If Jacob DeGrom really wants to be beloved for the rest of his life in New York and with all the Mets faithful, he has to go out and deliver tonight. And I believe that Jacob DeGrom will do that. And if you all out there, if you're on Facebook, if you're on Instagram, if you're on YouTube and you hear this message, if you don't believe that they're going to go out there and win tonight, please don't turn on the TV. I love you all. Thank you so much for tuning in. I had to come here today in the morning on a weekend, weekend special, because I had to go and let this off my chest about game one. Because at the end of the day, if you still believe we still got one more game and we still got Jacob DeGrom on that mound tonight, gotta, I'm going to try and have a little something, maybe have some of the friends over, Ishabod Crane, you know, we, we got to have this Mets viewing party or something, man. We got to try and rally the troops. And I only want people that really believe to come, right? So please, guys, you know, let's get this dub tonight, man. Let's go Mets. You know, I still believe. I hope you all still do, too, even if you're not a Mets fan. But, um, you know, this is wild card baseball. This is postseason baseball. There's nothing better than it, you know. I think that this is what makes baseball what it is, America's pastime. You can come back from getting slapped 7-1 to one and still have a Cy Young winner coming on game two to try and keep your season alive. You know, this there's nothing better than it man do or die baseball if you don't believe don't turn that tv on tonight i love you all and i'll see you all next week